There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 11th, 2010. Newcomers, I always suggest you go right into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, scroll down, look at all the other sites I have up there, bookmark them for future use, because when the big ones stop me from uploading again, that happens once in a while. They can never figure out why for about a month, supposedly. But if you have these other ones bookmarked, you can always pull down the latest shows, these alternate sites. And it's a good idea, too, at the end of the night or even first thing in the morning to try these alternate sites if you want to download a show because everyone seems to go into the com at the same time, and that kind of jams it up a bit. So there's Alan Watt cutting through the matrix.ca. There's cutting through uh, the matrix.net. .us.ca there is cuttingthrough.jenkness.com and there's Alan Watt Sentient Sentinel.eu the Sentinel site is a good site for transcripts as well as audios the same audios are up there for download as I do the, the whole archive is there in fact but you can also go into the the language of your choice and download transcripts of some of the talks I've given over the past, some of the shows, and choose from the various languages in Europe. And remember, too, that you are the audience that brings me to you. And it's a, it's a kind of um, tough thing to do this because I don't get backing. I could have lots of backing, believe you me, by sponsors. And then I'd have to start pushing products and bring guests on who may be informed in certain areas of the economy and different things, but then they'd have to push their products. And you're really listening to an hour's advertising. It's well-paying, believe you me, for those that do it. But I don't do it that way. It's up to you to keep me going because I'd rather have a, a free hand to go the way I want to go, uh, say what I want to say, and that way there's no strings attached to, to the information I'm giving out. So I can give an honest opinion. And... Uh, you must keep me going. It's up to you to do so. Go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com or the other sites. See how you can donate to me or buy the books and discs I have for sale. That will make me trickle. It just trickle along. Believe you me, it just trickles along here. And uh, I'm certainly not in it for the money. Or I would take all these sponsors on and be way up there with a huge business on the go. Personal checks are good from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, international postal money orders are good from the U.S. to Canada. Stress at the post office, you want the international one with the, the pink border on it, not the internal green one, and that's cashed in Canada. Moneygram's okay. Western Union is okay. Some people just send cash. Same thing outside the Americas. You can use PayPal for ordering, remember, and for donating. Just send a separate email uh, to me with the PayPal donation, and I'll get your order out to you. Same in the U.S. too. 
and um, send cash from outside the, the Americas if you want to. Uh, you can also use MoneyGram, Western Union, as I say, PayPal, that's the last one. For those who get the discs burned and passed to them of the talks I've given, who prefer to play them on CDs and actually don't use computers, there's lots of people out there who don't like computers, uh, and I don't blame them, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. Postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, the number 1, P3E4N1. And people should remember, too, if they send me letters or anything, make sure that you have the postal code correct on it, or it won't get to you. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Uh, the matrix I refer to is the one where it's your whole reality really, it's where all your uh, reality since you were born really comes from. It's, it's, it's really pushed and promoted from so many different sources at you, even beginning with your parents who think it's all re- real because they've lived in Plato's cave and they don't know there's a big other alternate reality out there. There are many alternate realities, actually. I'm not going into sci-fi. I'm talking about levels of knowing and understanding, even within government. And we above government, there's levels of understanding. If you think that government is the top of the uh, the pyramid here, you've got another thing coming, because government's really, as far as I, I maintain, and I've maintained this for my whole life, I think, uh, is government's jobs are simply to keep the people happy. Uh, they're also a punch and judy show. You, you throw tomatoes at them, basically. They take the heat for all the bad news, and they do what they're told. Uh, and we've gone over so many bills in the past that have been passed in different countries, and they're all the same, all the same. You get omnibus bills with thousands of pages that really will affect everybody in the country concerned, and... Not one politician could possibly even read them. But they all vote yes or no on them. And what they get is a summary of a half page or something telling them it's a good thing for the party and they must go with the party and that's what... This party system is such a joke, isn't it, really? I've always maintained, too, we should just have a party leader and and that's all you have, no other candidates beneath them because the rest of them simply are trained seals that clap for the guy at the top with their fins standing in a little tub in the circus. That's what they are. When you, the whole idea of democracy, supposedly, supposedly, it's never existed, was that you sent off your local representative who represented you or your town or your area, your county or whatever, and he took your complaints and your concerns to the debating table in government and was heard and came back and reported to you. He worked on your behalf. But they brought this party system in, and yeah, he'll pretend he knows what uh, his constituents want, but then he'll come back and tell them, well, I I know that, but I had to go with the party. Well, why bother having him for a representative if he must go with the party, the party boss, you see? And it would be a lot cheaper, too, just having two dictators, basically, Uh, at least the appearance of dictators, the puppets, as they say, and it would save us a lot of money. 
an awful lot of money. The media wouldn't be happy because they love to have all these other ones who writes about who said what and all the rest of it. But I prefer just one person there. And the guy is maybe one, two people. The one who writes his scripts could get an Oscar time for, for politics, have their own Oscar shows for all, for the best speeches. Uh, that'd be quite a good show for the public as well. And then eventually you could phase out the guy you pick as, as the party boss. Uh, and uh, just have the scriptwriter there since he's a guy that's given the information to us. Uh, that's all we really need. I'm, I'm talking about cost cutting here, something government doesn't know much about. But uh, it'd be very, very practical. And the Soviet system, they had, had, they had Politburo member, maybe one, two, three, or four candidates to choose from. So they had a one party system, basically. And uh, that's how you, you had to vote. It was the law you had to vote. It's kind of like Australia, Holland, and a few other countries. You've got to vote or you get fined because it's such a sham. Folk don't want, don't want to even go and vote anymore. But, yeah, politics is a scam, pure and simple. As I say, what guy, what, what person could possibly be handed a bill uh, to peruse for a few days uh, containing thousands of legalese pages and then go and vote yes and no on it when, when really uh, it would take uh, a, a bank of computers to analyze the legalese to see what they're really getting at and what are they hidden. What's, what's it really after, in other words? But they do what they're told and they vote yes and that's all there is to it. That's one reality. And again, there's the realities around them because uh, where is it written in democracy or any democratic constitution that governments will listen primarily to private organizations like uh, the Foundations Boys, for instance, the World Wildlife Fund, or the so-called uh, Greenies. They're all social movements, but they're not. Supposedly, supposedly, they pretend they're not political movements, but really they are, using the Greenie agenda to bring in the same old Marxist system. But where does it say that? Well, go back into the writings in the 1800s and 1900s, early 1900s, about democracy. And big players wrote about it and told you what it was. And it said eventually the system will be that which will give power to the biggest group of voices out there. Now, since the general public don't have the finances, they're not backed by multi-trillion dollar private foundations, that are owned and turned by the biggest uh, CEO or corporate magnates on the planet and bankers on the planet, you don't have a chance of being heard. And these uh, NGOs have full-time lobbyists working for them because they all get paid through the big foundations. It, it's astonishing. So there's a parallel government at work there, the ones who really make the agenda and pressurize governments. The governments, mind you, are in the know. They get the nod and the wink from the guys, like the Rockefellers, to listen to these pressure groups. These are the ones you listen to, nod and a wink. And if you're very wise, we'll say a word to the wise. I've heard lots of Masons say that. And um, you'll get your cue, and you'll, you'll help put their recommendations into law that affect all the rest of the people who believe they're living in a democracy. That's the, the short and simple of it. That's what it is. Now, we live according to... A plan, lots of plans. There's lots of plans on the go at the same time to do with the future, what kind of society they hope to bring in or plan to bring in down the roads. And the whole idea of a planned society 
in a post-democratic uh, society system was mentioned 60, 70 years ago. And then reiterated through a lot of academic works and through, again, pli- private foundations like the Club of Rome, who said that the system they're bringing in is a post-democratic type because democracy was too slow, too cumbersome, too many conflicting opinions all battling to be heard to get anything done. Well, the whole point of getting anything done is to wait and see what the people want to be done. That's what democracy is supposed to be about. What they're telling you is we have the plans, democracy is in the way, and therefore we have to train the public to stay out of it altogether, don't even take an interest, and let the lobbying groups be the new type of new Soviet democracy. Remember, we forget... Uh, that uh, other countries call themselves democracies too. Totalitarian governments call themselves democracies because whether they were a single party or not didn't matter. Uh, When you have a unified greenie agenda, a depopulation agenda, an agenda to to eventually uh, um, eradicate certain gene pools from the, the human species and all those with supposedly possible defects in their genetic makeup, uh, all that kind of stuff, then you have a really a one-party totalitarian system. And if you've noticed, no one else's voice is being heard. But worse than that, it's an international system going through the United Nations, and they all work together through their own governments, signing treaties with the UN to accept these recommendations by this one-party global greening uh, socialist system, backed by the bankers, by the way. The bankers like it because... Don't get confused about the capitalist versus the communist idea. Uh, a collectivist society, a socialist, communist-type society, is well-suited to the bankers. I'm talking about the big bankers. It's far easier to get governments to take on debt and pay off the debt and leave it to the governments to enforce the collection of that debt than lend out private sums to little individuals throughout countries and then have to send your own teams and your heavies to try and get the cash back. Far more easy to get the governments to do it for you. So they prefer lending to governments, the big international bankers. And it's been like that longer than I've been alive, and way beyond my parents' time and so on. been here for an awful long time, that system. That's why they backed, the big international bankers backed a planned society, A planned society also ensures that those same bankers and their families, this this, uh, club, you might say, I I could go further with even a bigger, a clan, it's really a clan of elitists, you might say, who are intermarried, massively intermarried, all the big top banking families, and have been for hundreds of years. But they, uh, as I say, um, preferred that kind of system, a collectivist world, would suit them far better where the same laws are passed that affect the whole world at the same time. So they don't have to do different calculations, etc., for different countries. It'll all be the same worldwide. And eventually they'll go through the International Monetary Fund or, how, or whatever that morphs into for the United Nations to do the collection of the cash worldwide. We've already seen it too with um, the, the, this bill going forward for supposedly financial transactions that will help the poor across the planet. Well, my whole life I've heard about different taxes that have come come and stayed that were going to help the poor, but I've never seen anything happen with it. 
that, that you never see the results of it. In Canada, they brought in the general sales tax when Brian Mulroney was prime minister. And he, he, at first he tried to bring in the, the value-added tax, the same as all the Europeans have got. That's a 15 or it's up to 18% on every purchase you buy as a tax. And uh, they wanted to copy that too. The whole world, by the way, is to get that value-added tax eventually. And it doesn't matter if they call it that and call it anything else. But it's a, it's a, it's a full tax on everything you purchase. But, but this new international uh, transaction fee charge is supposed to, to go to help the poor across the world. Redistribution of your wealth. But it's not going to go to the poor. It's going to go through banking systems, especially the Rothschild Bank. The same bank they're collecting carbon credits back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix mentioning that Brian Mulroney was only one Prime Minister who brought in a a, a particular tax. Supposedly it was going to help pay off the national debt and everybody of course had no option but to pay it and these taxes by the way are like value added tax. Every stage of a production of any particular item from raw ore say if you're making steel uh, would pass from the guys who dig the stuff, the guys who eventually smelt it down and, and extract it, make the, the get the iron and all the rest of it, mix stuff together, get the steel, send it off to the other factories who then splice it up into cutlery or whatever else they're making, all the way down to the consumer, consumer from all the middlemen to the, sh- the shop and then to, to you. At every single stage, that tax is collected. Can you believe? It's like a roller coaster that snowballs all the way down to that little pen knife that you buy to peel your apples or whatever. But you're, but you're saddled with the final outcome. The roll-off is all hidden inside of that. The ultimate cost of it is passed on to you. And then when Maroney left office, he said, when he was asked about it, he says, well, actually, he says, not one single penny went to pay off the national debt. And then the same government started off uh, various... Uh, provincial and federal gambling facilities. That was going to help all the school systems. It was going to help the charities, going to help the hospitals. Uh, well, how come, how come the hospitals are still begging yet and, and, and cutting back and cutting back on their services because they can't get enough cash coming in from the government? We just accept these things. It was like the tsunami a few years back there, remember? That every single government got in the act and said, for every dollar that you donate to charity, we'll match it. The government will match it with, with a tax dollar. And billions were raked in from every country. And at the end of it, uh, who did they appoint to be in charge? Uh, it was, I think it was uh, uh, Bush Sr. and um, Mr. Clinton, like the two most trusted guys on the planet. And that's the last you heard of it. That was the last you heard of it. They were doing documentaries back in, in the most uh, disheveled countries that were hit by it. And sure as, sure as I said at the beginning, they'll be finding bits of corrugated iron, bits of sticks, and knocking old shacks back up again. And that's exactly what they were doing. Everything on any high major level is a con. We've been living through the, the most gigantic scandals to do with a flu that never was. 
multi-billions of your tax money that's borrowed, by the way, and you're put down to pay it off, and the children that you might never have also are put down to pay it off. And the farmers are bursting at the seams with cash. That was an utter con. Some top newspapers in the world, luckily, eventually, had to come out and say, this is the greatest scam I've ever seen. But it isn't the greatest. It's only one of many that happens all the time. Remember what Hitler said, if you only tell a lie, make sure it's a big one. Because the public, or you should look, the little white lies that they'll give in their, their own personal lives, they can understand the little con. But when something is so big and so huge and so brazen, it's unbelievable that someone would try and pull that off. And, that's, and therefore, they get away with it. The same with the big top. You try to tell me that all these academic facilities that churn out people specializing in economics and finances can never get it right. And every few years we have bank crises and crashes and the money goes to money heaven, we're told. Money heaven. Where, where is that? Which God? Is it Mammon you pray to? Is it that one? Look into this act. You see the temple of Mammon is. And it just goes, woof, it's gone. But guess what? Once again, you're going to pay it off. And who do did, who did governments go to, pay, to get the cash to pay it off? They go to the international bankers. And who's put down as a creditor? The guarantee. You. You're the guarantor for it. And your children's great-grandchildren down to the seventh generation. That's pretty well how it works. The biggest scams in history are happening all the time. And the public never catch on. They still want to believe in the, the nice humanity of people helping people. That's why charitable foundations have the biggest crooks in them. How many exposés, even by mainstream, once every few years, show you how much of the dollar that you put into any charity actually gets there? About 10 cents, if they're lucky. But you can go on about every area of the scams of this existence that we're living in, because we're living in Plato's cave. The guys that run it are outside the cave, basking in the sunshine. And we breed another generation to grow up in Plato's cave justice. And then, of course, the school system will make sure that they truly believe that they they really know all there is to know about that cave they live in. And there's nothing outside of it. We're trained, as I say, like Pavlov's dog, uh, so often in so many different areas with automatic responses, even when it becomes ludicrous, you know. Uh, Police, the history of policing really came out from Britain, in a sense, the king always had the king's men to do his own policing work, but that was mainly to keep the king and his establishment safe and protected. That to know everything that was going on in their land so that no one would rebel and they were unprepared. But policing came out as such, and they're called the Peelers by John Peel in England, uh, really a private company. And the local residents of a rich area would pay into this company and these Coppers, because they wore copper badges, uh, would walk around their area to patrol them, and that eventually became incorporated into the into the city of London eventually, and it spread out from there. And their job, of course, was used to be to protect, you know. And now they're called enforcers because we are ninja outfits, and they'll want to be be in the military. I'll go back with into more of this when I come back from this break. Hang on. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. I'm talking about the different systems we take for granted without ever questioning how they got there or what they really are at times. And how the police have changed over the years. I'll tell you how things work. See, when you're in, you're really pushing forward a global society, you need the countries of the West to go through, work in their rotten little factories, and you give them cheap booze, you see, and you promote clubs and booze and all that kind of stuff heavily for the culture. The culture industry makes sure that's promoted. Um, you make sure that the ordinary guys at the bottom can get cheap transportation, their own car, which is generally an old banger. Now, when I first came to Canada, that, I was so impressed. I was so impressed that so many people living in a big city like Toronto, for instance, uh, were going around with these old bangers with rust on them and holes in the bodies and stuff like that. And they never got stopped. The cops left them alone, you see, because they were producing, they were creating things. There was lots of factories outside Toronto and stuff like that. So they needed that because they were taking the massive taxation base from all of those workers and all of those factories and the products they were selling to, to build up the system for internationalism. Because every federal government built up departments to to distribute that money abroad across the planet already, long before the latest scams to redistribute your wealth were going on. You, you all have your overseas economic department of development and so on built into your parliamentary or governmental systems. So once you're over, you're post-industrial, guess what? Just like Britain. See, Britain had already been de-industrialized. Uh, then, uh, then the cops are told to clamp down on old bangers and they're pulled off the road. And initially it's for the really bad ones and it works down and down and down until you've got a pinhole somewhere and carbon uh, monoxide gas might get through that pinhole, which is so crazy because here you are sitting talking to the cop with your window rolled down on a highway with cars pumping gas all over the place. But they they want you off the roads. You don't have to travel now in a post-industrial era. All the goodies that you you liked and enjoyed, your cigarettes, well, we want to get rid of cigarettes now. And all the little things you have that kept you going and made life bearable are going to be taken from you, you see. Now folk don't even travel to the bars or the clubs. They stay at home with their cases of beer, watch their sports, and just get uh, sozzled. That's what they do post-industrial. That's why in China right now, you see, they don't have all those laws. They're giving them all the breaks. They can get the cheap smokes. They can buy the cheap old bangers that's third, fourth, fifth uh, cast down, you see. And so they're given those freebies. This is a science we're talking about. These are sciences. And every era that they bring up and plan to bring up and what they expect to get out of it must have certain concessions to the public to keep us fairly content going along with it, you see. And then they use the police to enforce the takedowns of it once that period is over. And now they're into the business of training the public. Training the public. Part of this road watch stop when when the ride programs... It was so funny because the one that the woman that they used for Ontario, Canada, was uh, um, given all the credit for starting this. Just to save people getting killed and, and children and stuff. 
and eventually she was given a board for, for doing such a good job, a, a seat on the board of the liquor control board with a, a salary in the whole bit, liquor control board, the ones that sell the booze to the public. That's how it's done, you see. Uh, it's quite fantastic because the real intention was to get the public used to for the first time getting stopped en masse or even singly uh, under the suspicion just to see if you have been drinking even though there was no sign that you had. That's what, that's the real intention of it. Here in Britain, or, or there in Britain I should say, Mail Online, and Britain's a flagship for all of this, remember. It says, police who play burglar in the middle of the night, February the 11th. A shadowy figure lurking in the garden in the early hours. A rattle on a window latch. It must be a burglar. But don't panic too soon and call the police. That could be them outside. Officers have begun testing windows and doors at night as part of a campaign to increase home security. So they train you on the roads to do what you're told. Now they're training you that basically um, you've got no peace night or day from them. And now you've got to be afraid of them rather than burglars. And God help anybody that takes a two-by-four or a bat or something and clobbers one of these guys on the head. Which will happen. It says here, And if they find a door or window open, they're under orders to knock on the door and drag sleepy residents from their beds and give them a lecture. See, we're all children now. We're all just wee children. The move is part of an initiative called Operation Golden, which aims to slash burglary rates in Macclesfield, Cheshire. That's a catch-on across the country. Police say their actions are necessary as almost 40% of all burglars gain access through unsecured window or doors. But some residents have condemned the plan, saying it can cause alarm and increase the fear of crime, especially among the elderly. Well, the elderly don't count anymore, do they? I mean, they're taking their health care and everything from them, and after all, they're not producing anything. They're consumers, but not producers. They're bad global citizens. And then he goes on to tell you, uh, com- com- give you complaints by different old residents, elderly residents, uh, that they're getting scared of this and so on. But it won't matter, because you see, in this world, uh, people don't really matter, especially if you're not a producer anymore. And we live in a society that's been taught to have disdain for the elderly, because a long time ago, they made sure that the generations were split. And what they knew by sociology and history was that the elderly were the ones who could pass on information of the great big scams and cons that happened in their life and then teach the young to watch for them in theirs. You couldn't have that. People have forgotten there was literally a generational war created to separate the generations starting in the 1960s, promoted by the Communist Party USA. Don't, aside with don't trust anybody over 30 and I actually got down lower than that eventually that's why they also put younger teachers in school so the children would identify with them and listen and believe them but we live in a, a, a vastly different world than the one we're taught to believe really exists there's always a game on it's an agenda it's a world agenda and there are literally thousands of organizations specializing in different parts of society working together and guided from a common head for this agenda. Guided to, it's amazing that all the different groups are, are even in conflict, if you notice. 
And they never complain when the other group gets extra funding for their part of the agenda. They know it must be necessary. And they also have instant access to every politician in Parliament or Congress. And they have access to all the news media to get their their points across. They also have their agendas taught in school, sometimes even in kindergarten. You walk into any kindergarten and you have for years, or you'll see it on television and you'll see, we are the world. We are the world. Everything is starting right off for a global society. And it sounds really wonderful until you, until you realize that as you grow up, there's a much bigger and different agenda behind all of this. It's not because you like all of us, wherever we happen to be across the planet. But it's uh, it's rather disgusting, really, how, to an extent, people also can want to be conned into the fake reality where they want to believe that everything's been taken care of. They want to believe that these politicians really have the best interests at heart, which you can look at from a hundred angles, by the way, that statement, uh, and it's never done. And they want to believe that all the big services out there are there to help them when they need them. They, they truly want to believe in that. That's why they get conned time after time after time and never learn. Never learn. Now, there's a caller from Vancouver. It's, I think it's, it says, Cat, are you there? Uh, yes. Hi, Alan. Terrific yes. uh, show today. I yeah. want to thank you for all of the information that you're giving out. And I have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. The colonel who was recently arrested on murder charges? Yes. Do you find the way this is being handled somewhat different than in the past? Well, definitely. Um, it's being handled differently, too. Well, they must, they must try and pretend. This is about a top Canadian military official who was right up there. Right up there, he was a commander of one of the largest air force bases in Canada. He flew politicians around across the the world, and they found out that uh, he's killed at least, murdered at least two women, uh, molested others. In other words, he's a serial murderer, uh, would appear to be. And I and I think what they don't want to go into is this guy's been stationed across the world, and they don't want to bring that up that he. If they look into those countries where he's been stationed, uh, and since this isn't a recent sudden attack of serial killing, uh, he's probably been at it uh, for his whole life, you see. And they won't want to give Canada a bad name by saying this guy is killed elsewhere outside of Canada. They don't want to look into that, and they don't want us to even think about it. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, typically when there's a case like this, the individual lawyer is up and it, it take, goes on, the case goes on forever and it costs the taxpayer millions of dollars and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I find out, you know, the man's confessed. It's just very different from previous cases. Yeah, it's, it's different to the extent, it will, it will still go on for a while because um, it'll depend if they go ahead and dig up all the rest of the victims. Right. Or they want to brush it under the carpet and save the name, the good name of the military. I mean, this is another, see, there's politics involved here. Okay. And so um, it says he's, he's been all over the world in charge of big, big bases for Canada. 
And as I say, it won't be a, a sudden recent thing that he got up one morning and decided to rape and murder women. Uh, it's it all been happening down through his lifetime and his career. His career, too, would be a darn good shield for it. Uh, but what you will find out, too, is that um, a lot of other people around him had suspicions or knew about it. That that will also eventually trickle out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you very much, and have a good evening. Uh, thanks for calling. Yeah, it says here, this is WashingtonPost.com, top Canadian military official charged with murder. It's from the Associated Press, Monday, February 8th. Hi, folks. I'm back again. We got cut off when I was talking about Canada. I was telling you I was already censored by ExploreNet in Canada. And I'm reading this thing about a top Canadian military official of the largest Air Force base who has been charged with murder and so on. And bingo, the, the, the telephone connection cut me off, um, which isn't new. I've done these things before. But here it happens live for you just to show you what really does go on. Uh, to carry on with this story, it says, Williams, a 23-year military veteran, was appointed as a base commander of Canadian Forces Base Trenton in Trenton, Ontario, last July. Trenton is the, the Canada's busiest Air Force base and is providing logistical support for Canada's missions in Haiti and Afghanistan, as well as support for the Vancouver Winter Games. He's charged with the first-degree murder of Jessica Lloyd, 27, Belleville, and... Um, Mary Camot, a 30-year-old corporal found dead in her Brighton, Ontario home in November. Authorities said Williams came to the attention of police during a roadside canvas on February the 4th, six days after Lloyd was deemed missing. It means they already had an idea, right? Williams also was charged with forcible confinement, con- uh, breaking and entering, and sexual assault after two women were sexually... This is another two women, I think. ...were sexually assaulted during two separate home invasions in the Tweed, Ontario area area in September 2009. We're shocked by the connection that's been made with a leader in our Air Force, Major General Vian Blondin, uh, the commander uh, of Williams, said in Trenton. So it's, it's quite astonishing. This guy, as I say, has been in charge of bases for Canada across the world. He's flown the biggest dignitaries of Canada across the world, personally, and uh, obviously the highest clearance. And Canada will not be wanting to go into the other bases he's worked on across the world, obviously, to find out um, if he's killed other women, which he, he no doubt has. Serial killers don't suddenly start like that. Um, there's, there's always a history of it. But uh, that's uh, so much will have to get swept under the carpet with this, this one because they'll, they'll say the good name, the good name of the military is at stake and, and how much they'll disclose to the public will depend on how much they want to cover as well. I, I mean, cover up, that is. And that's the real world once again uh, in which we live. Um, there's a lot more to this story, but it won't get, be fed to us for a long time. Here's another article. You know, go around the internet um, right now is about about hackers shutting down the government sites in Australia. It's quite interesting, but not quite all there. The stories are coming out. There's science and technology uh, is one from the Winnipeg Free Press. It says hackers shut down Australian government websites to protest compulsory internet filter. Well, a year ago I read about the filters bringing down Christian sites in Australia, um, they don't want Christian sites that are advocating anti-abortion, for instance. 
and no one else outside uh, or that the world or in Australia really protested that particular thing happening. The biggest protest right now, apparently, is that the government's using pornography to to bring in the next step of shutting sites down, and that gets a response. That's what got the response. Of course, it won't end with pornography. It will obviously be meant to go into anyone who they claim is anti. The new term is anti-government. If you complain about government at all, you're anti-government, which means that the opposing party, the party opposition in Parliament, must be the biggest anti-government guys out there, <laughs> obviously, using logic. But anyway, <clears throat> this is that one here, as I say, is from the Winnipeg Free Press, Hackers shut down Australian government websites to protest compulsory filter. So they all got in arms uh, about the fact that uh, uh, their pornography sites were going to get closed down. Remember, too, you guys who, who, who quite rightly know it's going to go further. Don't get confused with the big business of pornography who might even lead you at times. You understand? Lead you and use you for their own ends as well. Why didn't you back up the, the, the sites that were, for, were against abortion? At least putting their point of view out. They weren't making you believe them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just mentioning how uh, some people, is it the hackers actually did this, but it also says that the, there were so many folk complained about the, the filtering systems being put in ISP providers uh, to cut out pornography uh, that so many people flooded the government websites complaining that it actually crashed them for a few days. Which makes you wonder, it tells you where people's values are, eh? The people will only stand up for that which they value. And so they'll stand up for pornography. I wonder if they'll stand up and stop this one and a half thousand mandatory home inspection fee for eco-friendly housing. Now, don't hold your breath, it won't happen. You know, the only time Canadians stood up en masse really in a flooded parliament with anything to object about was when the elderly, they call them the snowbirds, were complaining because the, inter- the, uh, the cable TV industry was deregulating and the companies were going to double or triple uh, all charges, including the elderly, before they got a break, you see, as pensioners. That's what they stood up for. That's, that was their va- television. That's what they stand up for, the things they value. Healthcare getting cut, that's okay. I'm, I'm healthy at the moment. Someone else might not be. I'm okay. But it's the same thing with Australia. As I say, um, where was all the people backing the people standing up for the rights of those to give birth? Listen to the future, the song, The Future, with Leonard Cohen. We don't like children anyhow. He tells you, it's all laid out there in that. The whole future was laid out in that song. And the future is murder, as it says. But that's the reality of life. And here again, in a free society, you have to let all views and all sides have a say. But don't allow the crooks also. They're into big business and shady stuff. And some awful stuff as well. I mean, awful physically and torturously and etc. And exploiting. Don't let them use otherwise good movements that are standing up to protect 
the freedom of other sites. You got to you got to make a, a distinction, or you have no morals at all. And, then, and therefore, if you have no morals, why shouldn't someone shut you down? And the states they used to have these laws that people complained about because sometimes the crooks got free because of the rights that they had and the procedures they'd have to go through. But that also ensured that the ones who were more probably innocent went free as well, you see. When they start treating you all the same, there are a lot of free, uh, innocent people go inside when they take away those rights. And you've got to allow freedom of speech by all sides, regardless of how it really upsets you. Because if you close down one, people's rights to speak... And their venue for doing so, they'll close down yours eventually as well. That's the world we live in. It's give and take. But don't allow, as I say, an industry that's known to do some rather evil stuff. And and I mean it. I mean, the porno industry, uh, (laughs) they've wrecked so many, a little bit further than just wrecked a lot of uh, people's lives. And the use of drugs too, to get them into that state to, to go along with everything is just astonishing. It's the lowest life form out there, to be honest with you. Well, that's the music coming in for tonight, for tonight's ending of the show. And uh, excuse my sermonizing, but uh, that's how I feel about things. So from Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and your God or your gods go with you.